You're listening to Meeting Pod, the podcast powered by Meeting Place, the premier magazine and news source for the meat and poultry processing industry, and Alt Meat Magazine, the only business information resource for the exploding alternative meat industry. Hi, I'm Julie Larson Brisher, Science and Technology Editor for Meeting Place Magazine. Welcome to Episode 14 of Meeting Pod, where we're talking smart manufacturing, smart design, and smart glasses with Dr. John Butts, President of Food Safety by Design, LLC, the consulting firm he founded in 2010 to help producers of high-risk products learn how to prevent and manage food safety risks. Through his consulting practice, John is also advisor to the CEO of Landafrost, the nation's third largest lunch meat brand, where he has served the company in the lead technical role for more than 40 years. An award-winning food safety advocate and food processing scientist, John is known for creating innovative food protection solutions in the manufacturing environment. He is recognized by the food industry for groundbreaking food safety developments in sanitation and sanitary design, pathogen intervention and process control, and risk assessment and management strategies, and was recently inducted into the Meat Industry Hall of Fame. Whether it's pioneering the seek and destroy process to identify and control listeria monocytogenous in ready-to-eat meat and poultry products, or developing scientific principles to improve equipment and facility hygiene, John's insights and interests are always laser-focused on optimizing food manufacturing processes from an applied perspective. Welcome to Meeting Pod, John. It's a fantastic day to have you as a guest on the podcast. Uh, Julie, thank you. I've certainly enjoyed your articles and insights in Meeting Place. I do not know if I should be looking forward to this or be prepared to quickly exit with your line of questions on this subject. You've certainly opened an unknown door to for many of us in this subject. <laughs> well, let me let me follow up with the chat that we recently had with American engineer and the father of quality improvement, Dr. W. Edwards Deming. That quote was, it is not necessary to change. Survival is not mandatory. And the point being that you don't have to change, but it is key to survival. So that idea that everything changes and you must be able to keep up and adapt or things are going to pass you by and eventually you won't be around seems particularly relevant to our conversation today on Industry 4.0 and meat processing. So do you think that meat and poultry processors are up to the necessary change when it comes to data-driven automation, and are operators doing enough to adapt to digital transformation? You know, ironically, I heard a presentation by a member of the construction industry outlining their current problems. They have a shortage of workers. The example of jobs needing to be filled include remote drone operators to monitor job sites and take pictures. Well, Julie, I was quite taken back by that because my perception of the skills of those new entrants into the workforce is they're very skilled with their remote controllers playing all the games they've done up to this point in time. So these are not examples of hard jobs. They frankly sound pretty cushy to me. Going into the pandemic, our industry had issues filling our job openings, be them in the plant or in management. The pandemic has only made things worse. 
An optimistic view of the economy, I believe, predicts a continued labor shortage for those who manufacture our food products. Furthermore, a pessimistic view of the economy for the next five years predicts our inability to have workers to fill our production lines and sanitation processes on all shifts. So let's look at some of the roadblocks. High school and college graduates simply are not aware of our opportunities. To be successful in applying and adapting this new technology, we must attract new talent. Change is hard, particularly for a veteran workforce, whether they work in a factory or responsible for managing on the floor or in the corporate office. I've spent my entire career causing change. Sometimes it was easy, but most of the time it was difficult. Change that required work habits to change presented the greatest challenge. One example was a major project that we had worked on for well over two years, primarily focused on the technical issues. Our repeated in-play tests were very successful, but when it came time to implement, the people-based change far exceeded the technical barriers we encountered. The willingness of the entire workforce to accept and embrace change could and probably will be the limiting factor of the technological change we need for survival. So Julie, your question is, what do we have to change as a company or industry to successfully transform? I believe if we get the culture right, the change can occur. Plants who manage by firefighting or run a machine to failure may be the casualties of this transformation. Well, when we're talking about digital transformation, I mean, you're really talking about a lot to do with the equipment and the automated systems. And do you think that today's automated systems have driven improvements? You know, what kind of improvements have they driven? And then specifically, you and I have worked together for a long time in that area of sanitary equipment and facility design. I'm just wondering, have today's automated systems driven improvements specifically in that area? And and what kind of data is now available through those systems that processors can use to better ensure food safety and quality KPIs? Good question. First, you know, in my consulting business, one encounters the litany of lack of automation and process control to a high level. I have found automation brings vastly improved sanitary design in both equipment and facilities. That doesn't mean that all automated facilities and processes work smoothly and safely, and that manual operations produce at a higher risk. I believe as we retool, product safety will be enhanced. We don't have room stretchers that will automatically stretch rooms to allow us to put this new automation in. Uh, We often have to rebuild and refurbish. And when we do, I think the folks in our industry know enough to be able to do that right. And our quality and food safety folks must step up to the plate with better risk assessments and predictive measurements to maintain that higher level of process control that we that are required without the home labor. So tools for maintaining this more complex equipment will be necessary. Education and training will take on a greater role than in the past. Again, culture plays a key role. The use of data is critical 
and attaining the envisioned future state. If one of your clients mm -hmm. wants to introduce more automated systems in their plants, what kind of data do you ask them to collect basically through these like industrial internet of things devices or through the automated machinery itself to measure sanitation effectiveness or food safety or continuous improvement performance goals. How do you decide what data is most important or most meaningful to improving a process? It's a truly cause and effect. And, you know, we've made significant progress on the industrial Internet of Things technology. For an instance, a system like Red Zone, a downtime measurement system, their data collection and analysis demonstrate how we get started with the use of this real-time data process and utilizing the IoT technology. Red Zone is an example where new sensors or things are installed on the line and utilizing Wi-Fi to transmit the data to the cloud where real-time reports are generated and downloaded to iPads in the hands of supervisors or operators. Implementation is very quick. Analysis of the data is now in hands. Industrial Internet of Things similarly installs things on a line or collects data from the line, analyzes the data, then either takes or provides actions to correct or prevent out-of-control situation. IIoT will use what we call edge computing, which eliminates the need for transfer of the data to the cloud but does the computations locally with devices close to the process. This reduces the need for many barriers to progress. These barriers include data security and frankly, internal IT groups, time and issues. Now latency is the time from signal generation to response and is greatly reduced with edge computing. 5G, once it's really implemented, will address many bandwidth issues we face in our factories. So my oversimplified view of the process we're moving into is like a closed-loop feedback with a PLC. The measurements come from new devices measuring process inputs, chemistry, physics, and other process characteristics not being measured in real time. Data is analyzed and when needed, control instructions are issued. The technology, unfortunately today in our industry is in a phase of trying to find a problem to solve. An existing sanitation example is in the use of 24 seven in-process monitoring of CIP systems. Analysis of system inputs and process performance enables variation to be detected before the process goes out of control. These measurements are at, are very critical, are very close to the root cause of common process failures. So real-time analysis and feedback provide preventive information that saves cost, improves consistency, both of which increase margin. Our challenge to use this technology in areas other than just machine downtime. The challenge is improving clean-in-place equipment, requiring significant disassembly with this technology is somewhat daunting today. I'm sure it will come, but it is not a primary focus of either equipment manufacturers or most of our sanitation suppliers. 
over the years, the most critical factors in sanitation process control is level of disassembly. I can see how this can easily be addressed using workflow with assisted reality. We've made great advances in measuring clean. Can this data be integrated into an augmented reality solution? Starting microbiologically clean is much more than low ATP on contact surfaces. So there are many opportunities to apply information technology to food safety and quality management. To make it simpler, let's look at a quaternary ammonia dwarf homer. It's amazing the amount of variation I've seen controlling this very simple preventative measure. Monitoring all the inputs will alert if there's enough chemical and if each dosing incident is appropriate. Data will tell you if the system's operating. You can't believe the number of times I've seen them not operating, even when I was coming in. <laughs> We could determine the effect of traffic on the depletion rate of the chemical. Dosing then could be tied to consumption optimizing usage. Depending on the nature of the out of control situation, the person responsible for that control feature will be notified. Escalating options are available. That's a simple and easy way to kind of look at the IIoT. Yeah, and I, I know one IIoT device that's caught your imagination is smart glasses. Can you tell us a little more about the challenges and opportunities involved and how you're using that technology perhaps with your clients even now in the meat and poultry manufacturing industry? I've been interested in smart glass technology for several years. COVID and my travel limitations tipped the scale and gave me time to focus on how to deploy the technology in our industry. As a consultant, I have a need for the ability to assess sanitary design of most equipment and facilities. My process is like this. Ship the smart glasses to the plant. Glasses connected to Wi-Fi and the assessment's on. Now, Wi-Fi accessibility can be an issue. The smart glass software I use have a tethered smartphone, enabling more options in challenging situations. So there are many use cases for the smart glass technology. The remote expert capability enables me to extend my microbiology and foreign material prevention business without travel required. From a microbial control standpoint, I can easily identify potential indicators of control that will trigger action before food safety is impacted while in my office here in the southern suburban Chicago area. The supporting software enables me to deploy a smartphone on a selfie stick. We can now capture video and still pictures in those inaccessible areas where many of the problems reside. Video, audio, and still pictures are used to deliver the risk identification and control necessary in a rich format to management. Visual audible controls are easy to produce from the data generated during a virtual plant visit. So as our processes become more automated and complex, processing-based operating procedures will become more important as not only food safety and quality are deeply embedded in these controls, but yield and product cost as a result of our inability to efficiently and effectively control our production processes. I call these manufacturing operating procedures or MOPs. The development and documentation of these procedures 
is greatly enhanced with the smart glass technology. These procedures are the precursor to the application of IoT devices collecting and transmitting the process data. When problems or opportunities arise, root cause analysis tools can be used as a basis for starting this cause and effect investigation. This leads to IoT data collection and analysis. So as we dig deeper into the process, preventive and predictive measures evolve. Variation is removed, cost goes down, quality goes up. What I just described presents many opportunities for maintenance technicians. Companies can now deploy the technology by developing their own SMEs, subject matter experts. When an issue comes up that requires assistance of an SME or external expert, these technical folks can be connected. The problem can now be viewed through the point of view of the technician. Pictures can be taken and annotated by the SME, providing concise direction on how to fix the problem. The remote assistant can be anywhere in the world. They just need connectivity. So this leads us to education and training. One of the training opportunities we face is obtaining the best practices for preventive maintenance and repair. The Smart Blast tool enables the capture of the audio and video, as well as any annotations on pictures that define the procedure. Editing and approval of this information is now easy because it's all electronic. Information can be database and accessed easily in real time. Are you actually using this technology now? You can see me, but unfortunately our users can't. This is the technology now. The person with the smart glass on is called the avatar, thanks to Steve Chuki of Maple Leaf. Now, as you can tell, on an old person like me, this is a cyborg. So I'm the cyborg avatar when I have it on. So yes, uh, I use the glasses and they, I really find the wearable technology enable us to teach with remote experts and develop those in, uh, internal SMEs. That leads me into this next question about reskilling of workers. There's a lot of talk about that and, and maybe smart glasses is part of the solution, but so when you're adopting industry 4.0 automation, you've got to reskill workers and that could be maintenance, sanitation, plant operations, you know, all personnel managers. But can you talk a little bit about what's the best approach to this type of retraining and education as companies adopt more automated systems in the plant? Well, this tool is a real-time collaboration tool, which can be focused on the critical opportunities. It provides an immersive training process where education provided about the process is brought to the forefront of the shop floor in a hands-on experience. Adult learning is greatly enhanced when we merge the knowledge or education that we've received with the hands-on experience. So that's how I feel the technology is really going to enhance the adaptation and our ability to implement more automation. Now, the other thing that this technology I've heard described is still in the Wild West. The next phase after mixed or assisted reality is augmented reality. 
Here, overlays that are virtually attached to the object in question can come in view. These overlays may be an annotated drawing showing repair methods. They may be a graphic and our text instructions documenting the best practice or workflow of the next steps. Augmented reality requires 3D vision of the equipment to enable that attachment of the information. I hope that helps define some of the work required to deploy augmented reality in the plant. So here's an example of how this could work, just, just so we can kind of see it. Pretend I'm a maintenance person, supervisor, QA, wearing the augmented reality glasses. I'm in the wrong side of the plant, and I picked up a piece of raw meat, and I walk towards the RTE side of the plant. Once I cross that line, be it visible or invisible, the glasses will instruct me to stop. GPS tracks locations, the point of view of the glasses, and those gestures I must make after picking up that raw meat for me to access the RTE area. That's where the technology is going. Wow, that's exciting. And I do wish that we had it on video when you had your headset on. <laughs> it did look a little cyborgish. <laughs> well, you know, thanks so much, John, for helping our meeting pod listeners set their sights on necessary change and smart manufacturing solutions. And listeners, be sure to visit meetingplace.com where you can find our 25th anniversary Silver Stars profile on John's pioneering food safety and sanitary design efforts at Landafrost in our April 2018 issue. You can also find John's insights on how to gain efficiencies through cleanable equipment and how to maximize the effectiveness of your RT meat sampling program in articles co-authored with Landafrost's Matt Henderson in our online technical series. Thanks again, John, and I hope we get to see each other in real life soon. Thank you, Julie, and uh, you're buying next time, okay? <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> Thanks for spending time with Meeting Pod today. Remember to tune in on Mondays and get the inside track on the people and processes that power the protein supply. Be sure to subscribe to Meeting Pod on Spotify. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And follow Meeting Place and Altmate magazines on social media, or visit our websites at meetingplace.com and alt-meet.net.